Hello and welcome all to The Ramp, a Deloitte customer strategy podcast where we invite leaders and specialists to discuss the latest and greatest topics related to our offering. My name is Mo and I'll be your host for today's talk. This episode is part of a mini-series where we invited design partners across the globe to have them discuss and answer challenging questions. I would like to introduce Abby Godet, partner at Deloitte from the Netherlands, Robertson Robbie, partner at Deloitte from Australia, and Frederick Oskarsson, partner at Deloitte from Sweden. A small spoiler alert over here, this magical combination of partners is really unstoppable when they start discussing the challenges and questions we introduced. As a result, they started discussing the topics before we were even able to hit the record button. I'll try to make up for that. Besides that, be prepared for some good knowledge, great insights, and a peek into our future. So here I asked Frederick, why is it that Deloitte has a design department that's focused all around elevating the human experience and creating human-centered design? Whereas, you know, Deloitte to the outside world is generally known as an accounting slash consulting firm. Frederick took the tech transformation offering as a starting point and explains the following. All these new technologies and platforms, there was this whole sense of uh, if we leave out the human conversation, we're not going to get potentially the impact that everyone's looking for. So it would be a new piece of technology, it would be a new platform, but the changes really won't be there and everyone starts talking about sort of the, how we need to plan for, for change management, etc. If we bring in the human from day one, in a sense, you, you don't have to spend as much on change management. You will get the positivity out of people. You get the productivity and the positivity because it's designed for them, not needing them to sort of alter their ways of working or interacting with technology uh, to figure it out. That was kind of the essence as yeah. well. Absolutely. But it was one of the, but you know, it sounds so simple to us, but actually it really was quite difficult to have those conversations with our technology transformation partners and colleagues, and also a lot of our clients who just were, who've been, who've been given the budgets to look at doing a tech transformation, not a people transformation project. And they just couldn't fuse the two, the two together to show that actually, if you think about it as one, you, the value you got exponentially going to get is, is, is really is, is significant, but they just weren't, they just couldn't bring it together. They wanted to keep it separate. So that's one thing that we're really trying to do and is it, help to try and do that. And, and even more so, I would say when you look at, sometimes it was easier to, everyone talks about customer centricity. So it's like when you're looking at a customer and a customer dimension to it, they will understand that it's easier. You need to think about the actual human, sort of that who is also a customer. I think it was even more difficult when you look through the employee perspective. Like you said, well, you know, we have customers, we need to have be customer centric, but we don't, on the inside, it was like, we're not employee centric. Uh, that was almost talking about that. I mean, as we do at Deloitte, elevating the human experience, humans, you are an employee sometimes and you're a customer sometimes. Uh, and just getting them into the loop as well was utterly important. So we also designed for, for employees. And in some projects, we actually also started talking about external and internal customers because that was the way for them to understand, okay, we need to see our employees as customers. Ah, now I get it. Because if they didn't like it, it's not going to work. So, yeah, also because a lot of technology transformations, you know, the statistics say that a lot of companies only use sort of 10 or 20% of the capabilities of a new platform, for instance. And one of the things that we feel strongly about is that if, if we're helping, you know, a client spend, you know, millions on a new cl platform, we want them to get the most value out of it possible. And that means that people have to understand what the platform can do. It has to be fit for purpose. They have to be able to work with it. They have to be able to like also, you know, utilize new capabilities. And so 
that's an enormous part of people actually getting the value out of it. And what's funny is that there's a kind of almost a, a tension between what our our you know technology teams are are trying to do with clients, which is, you know, they talk in our SAP practice, for instance, they'll talk about you know a clean core and as much as possible functionality straight out of the box, so that the clients don't have to like develop new code and they're they're you know really reduce their their future legacy issues if they do that that's great and we believe that too and when they think about design coming and working with them their immediate reaction is to think oh designers are going to want to come and do a bunch of custom stuff and create a bunch of new applications and do stuff that's like you know a, a kind of opposing that goal of keep it simple, keep it, you know, clean core, keep it out of the box. And and the reality is that's not what we're here to do. We're here to make sure that we have, you know, that that we're setting things up in a way that solves the right problems and that people understand how these problems are being solved and and understand how to work with software. But but we're only talking right now about this like one of three major things that we think design is here at Deloitte to do. So what we've been talking about is what we call design for the enterprise. All right. If if this what we just discussed would be one of three, could you maybe give us a short description of the other two practices so we also get a the bigger picture? Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll briefly describe sort of the the broad okay. sets of things that we do. So we started thinking about what is design for transformation and how does that sort of apply to all the different kinds of contexts in in which we work. So what we think of as as our more strategic offering we call design for innovation. And that is really where we work with strategy teams and data analytics teams and, and other outside partners as well to help clients think about their future growth opportunities, uh, innovation strategies, uh, strategic futures, et cetera. Then we have what we call very simply design for services and products, which is about, you know, it's pretty much what it says on the box. It's designing end-to-end -end product and service experiences. And that includes design of rich content and, and creative uh, material to be able to go to market effectively. And, and it's really end-to-end. -end. And that that is not just, you know, our teams, it's, it's designers across Deloitte contributing to that. Um, and then the third is what we call that design for enterprise. And that's really partnering up with our technology teams to be able to put the human at the, the heart of technology transformation. Okay, great. Thank you. So far, our practices and services that we offer. But now I would like to shed some light on how Deloitte has design and designers globally organized and integrated. So I think that's that's been a really interesting part of the conversation that the, the three of us have been having for the last year, because at different parts of Deloitte and different member firms, there's different levels of maturity around the integration of design into the, the into the broader conversation and how we actually bring it into the whole of the green dot. So here in Australia, where I am, uh, we, we that's actually where Deloitte Digital started 15 years ago, was here in Australia. So we've actually quite a mature design practice. We've got over 800 um, members of Delight Deloitte Digital nationally now and uh, and then within that we've got over 200 design, designers who see themselves as being pure designers so we actually go we can expand from from visual designers to product designers industrial designers through to architects and interior designers who look at spatial projects so we've got we're for we're, we're quite fortunate that we're able to bring a really deep and bred and knowledge of design capabilities 
expertise and expertise into our clients' arena. So that looking at that lens of design transform transformation, we we can bring place, technology, and people together in a way that other parts of the Deloitte digital community probably can just because of just of the growth and the, de the depth and breadth of the expertise that we have down here. Thank you, Ravi. Abby, would you be able to give us a, a global perspective on this? I'd say globally, we've got probably, we, we estimate that we have about 2,000, 2,500 or so designers at Deloitte, and they're they're spread across all the different member firms. Like like Robbie said, and we have pockets of concentration where you see the impact that design is having, and then we have some places where I'd say we're, yeah, we're 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 suboptimal in terms of like being able to create that critical mass. And when we have the critical mass, you really see the impact because then, you know, there's there's something that design has the power to to show people what the difference is as opposed to just talking about it or creating PowerPoint slides. And I think that's where we're, we've been most successful. Okay. And how how would you say that design at Deloitte is different from uh, other companies and, and competitors? If we're competing against some other companies that are, you know, say, trying to help our clients with their digital transformation, you know, um, needs, you're going to see a very, very big difference between the way we show up when we come as a multidisciplinary team and include design and the way they're going to show up when they come with, you know, more of maybe a technology forward uh, approach that's that's really not embracing all the other dimensions that are required for for real change. And so when we show up with design, we show up with a very clear picture about how to manage complexity within the environment that includes all the people that are required to make that transformation real. And I think that that's that part of that human story and that human experience is, is the reason why design is so important for us because we don't you know, just want to show up as your technology or your strategy partner. We wanna make sure that the change is actually embedded in your organization and that you really benefit from the value. And I also think that there's adding to that. I think that there is um, there is something around design that makes it tangible and that creates the excitement, especially if you're talking about sort of futures and innovation and what could this be and what if and whatever kind of framing you use. With design, you can quite simply actually demonstrate and you can show. And we are working in projects where it's like show us what we can be in five years, demonstrate what we what is our future. And with design, you can quite simply actually. You can get people excited. You, they can actually see what what their future could be, even though the technology doesn't work. Because the technology doesn't do that. Technology actually makes it run. It makes it work. Obviously, you know, in the, in the implementation and, and obviously run phases, there design is utterly important. But even like sort of shaping the future, I think that that design does a a spectacular job for everyone. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was also sort of at Deloitte, we all we are we all here kind of under the umbrella of, of having an impact that matters on society and our colleagues and our clients. And I think for a designer, what I sense is that a lot of designers have spent many years sort of working in other agencies, creative agencies, great agencies, where it is very much a brown kind of a, a craft design and they put a, a, a design on top of something. Here we can actually use design in in, in numerous ways. We can actually design sort of processes. We can design organizations. Their design skills and their design mentality is not just about prettifying things or making beautiful sort of artifacts or objects or, or interfaces. It's really about sort of having an impact and using design in a in a truly transformational way that and 
that affirm like Deloitte actually does. We don't work on the small transformations. We do the big transformations. And mm -hmm. to be a designer, to actually get into that setting and sit potentially with a board or a CEO and kind of show your designs and that defines or at least illustrates the future of one of the world's largest companies. That is yeah. awesome for a designer. All right. Now that we have a picture of how design at Deloitte is different and unique opposed to other companies, it actually only makes sense to ask what it is like to be a designer at Deloitte and why designers choose to work for Deloitte. Would love to hear also some personal stories from you. Yeah, I, I, I love that. that and that's so, you're, you're so right. And you hit, hit the nail on the head. I was having a conversation with our, with our design guild uh, a couple of days ago, and we were asking them to tell us what, what motivated them to stay, what, what inspired them around the design work that we're doing. And it, a lot of them were saying it was actually being able to see their design work come to life and actually have an impact on the organizations that they're working with. So it was around being able to bring they kind of, their head and the heart together to create something and make it come to life in a way that they've never had a chance to do so in the past. And I think that's something we've got to stay true to in every project that we, we look at at, at Deloitte to ensure that we're doing, to bringing, to bringing the really, making sure that we're being truly transformational and making sure that what we do has an impact on, on, uh, on the clients that we're working with. I think the thing that, that Frederick just said too about the the big transformations, I think that's the reason why, for instance, I came to Deloitte. When I was working at Philips, I, I recognized that some of the reasons why innovations and, and transformations fail is because, you know, Philips is not, Philips is doing an amazing job with their transformation. But what I saw is the reason why it can sometimes go slower than you like, or sometimes it's it, you don't get the outcomes you're looking for, is because people also don't understand in business, they don't always understand how to manage risk when it's applied to like an innovation process, for instance. They don't know how to look into the future and, and use the tools of the past to be able to work in the future. And I, when, I, when I came to Deloitte, I realized that with all these different kind of deep, deep, deep capabilities around risk and regulatory and legal and, and finance, yeah, it was a perfect kind of toolbox for design to come in and help make a lot of these experiences kind of hang together. And that it was a bit like a, I, I don't really like the way I'm describing this, but I'd say a little bit like this playground of, wow, if you could create experiences using all the colors in the, in the, in the rainbow, then, then you really have this amazing capability. And it's, it's just a lot of design. Like when I was at a design agency and you, and you looked at these kind of client problems, you think, oh yeah, we know how to solve this. And I realized looking backwards how naive it was when you were only looking at it from a design perspective, that that was only, you know, 10%. What a great idea. What a nice idea. Why didn't it work? Why didn't it get to market? Why didn't it actually make a difference in the company? Because all these other elements weren't considered. And so you sit in a place like Deloitte where you have people who really know the regulatory impact and really know how to protect you from the cyber risks associated with this or, or adhere to the privacy demands. And, and then you're like, oh, that's, you know, the 90%. And then when design gets to work in that level of complexity, and you have designers who understand and embrace that level of complexity, then you can really make an enormous difference. It's funny that you say that because because all three of us are sort of came in later in our careers. We didn't grow up in the in the big four. We're Deloitte, Deloitte babies. <laughs> so we're still kind of, you know, I'm, I'm six and something years in and I'm still learning. But but it is funny when you talk about risk. And I think that's that is an important part of it. I spent probably the first 15 years of my career talking about opportunities. 
uh, all the opportunities as the world was evolving. And then I walked into Deloitte and there are people who can actually talk about exactly the same topics and they talk about it as, as a risk, right? And opportunities that you can sort of overlook and say, we don't prioritize that because that's an opportunity and more will come. Risk, you don't, you don't sort of, you can't overlook that. You need to act on it. And I think that there's, it's not going to be the sexiest phrase of, of this podcast, at least, but there's something around some kind of design to de-risk, right? Design yes. can really play that fundamental role as well, where you start designing it. And sometimes in, let's talk about the smallest format. Sometimes it is like you have an idea or you have a strategy and, and then you try to put it into a design. And you can always suddenly see that this doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. You can't do it like this. Like you need enough level of detail so you can sort of bring the idea back and you go, oops, this is not going to work. Okay, we have to rethink it. So even in the smallest format, and I'm talking about design to debris, big transformations as well. It, it really is. So so it's not going to be our new uh, slogan, but 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 design also. No, it's not. Way. It's not, it's not sexy, as you say, with designers. I think that's like you say, come, come help us de-risk, you know, then they're not going to necessarily, you know, raise their hand and come storm the castle. But I think that it is such an important part of it. And for designers who want to really develop and evolve in their careers and become very kind of holistic practitioners where they say, you know, I'm not going to just design a solution. I'm, I'm going to help you deliver that solution. I'm going to make sure that it actually has an impact. Then they should be as hungry to understand these dimensions as as what you've just said, because I think that is the reason why so many efforts just you know stop far short of of what their promise is. So yeah, love this, but I'm 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 going to just slightly change tack. One of the yeah. things I keep hearing around uh, a, around from desi our design community is our oh, culture. You know, you know, I'm from, a, you know, what was great about design in being in a design studio uh, or being in a design, an agency is that they often had great parties and great culture and great fun. And, and there were, there's a lot of fear that, that, that we aren't able to deliver on those kind of attributes at Deloitte. And I can never say to them that is the more further thing from the truth. The, one of the biggest the things that I love about being at Deloitte Digital is the fact that we do have an incredible culture. And it's not just one about having fun, it's also one around continuous learning. I can hear what you guys think about that. I think the fun part, so here in uh, here in the Netherlands, because you know I don't know if everyone realizes that we are talking to three partners from Sweden, Australia, and here in the Netherlands, so it's probably good to say that. Um, but here in the Netherlands, for instance, we have an annual skiing event that is so much fun. And, and I think last year we had a good turnout, sorry, from, from the whole design team. And I thought, it, well, not everybody, but a lot of people from the design team came. And it was really great to see everybody really having an awesome time together, you know. And, and I think also from the continuous learning, we've also started new fundamentals training across our whole uh, team. So I I don't know. We all have our teams set up a little bit differently, but we have in our team customer strategy and applied design. We work really hard to make sure that the strategy design and development is actually all really one team. So we're really driving the learnings of, you know, some some business basics, the strategy basics, um, product management basics, uh, design, development, prototyping, insights, you know, really that's we're trying to get the whole team to understand all of that so that they can really understand how to stitch insights together into outcomes that are going to make a difference. And I also, I mean, the voice from Sweden then, but, but I absolutely agree. I think it is, 
there's also something around, I mean, when you get into a, 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 an organization the size of, size of Deloitte, I'm not even sure if it's like 350,000 people or so around the world. Uh, obviously, the designers aren't the majority of those. So there's there's something around, like, for, from teaming perspective, uh, truly, design is sort of lives everywhere, and it's a collaborative, and that's how it should work. But there's also, you know, if we stress the collaboration, there's you can collaborate and, and team up within kind of the, the, the project uh, or assignment you're on. Uh, you you potentially uh, you're absolutely in the design craft. That's one level of teaming and collaboration. Uh, maybe around sort of the the offerings. There are, we have designers who kind of specifically want to play in the innovation space, and we have other designers who are in the services and product space, and some who thrive in the kind of enterprise space. And that's also a way of one. And I think that you know there there's culture building in each of those, but also Deloitte has become kind of the the home to many cultures. So there isn't one culture across all of Deloitte that would be impossible. Uh, so, so it is almost a way of, of subcultures, not as a kind of defending or, or ring fencing anything, but sort of there's an interest. And we just had, for example, a, a kickoff on, on, uh, on Friday to Saturday, went out to Ireland, had an awesome time. It's absolutely wonderful. And I think that we had a conversation like, what is it that we had one of the questions, we kind of did a manual of me exercise. And the question was like, why do you come to work at all? Like obviously salary and other things were, were part of it. But like the, 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 the most common answer was like, just to be with the team. It is, it is the thing that actually, we've had people from all over the world, they've been with us for several years and then they moved back. A lot of them to, back to your country, actually. A lot of Australians who, who've spent a few years in Stockholm. Um, and they all, it's, it's almost like a family that sort of, that went all around the world. And, and I think that the, the thing that really people keep talking about is the culture. Yes, it's assignments and we're working on and designing to de-risk and designing to transform and everything else, but really it's around the culture. So I'm glad you brought that up, Roby. Yeah, I'd say everyone finds their people here, but that's also why it's so important when people join Deloitte to keep having you know the thousand cups of coffee uh, to be able to really understand yeah. who are the people that are really going to give you energy and that you really want to work with. And, and it's more about finding that sort of tribe of people that you connect well with rather than, you know, the team that you are necessarily a part of. It's, it's you know, there's such a matrix at work that you have a lot of different opportunities to develop that culture. And that's how all the three of us met. I know. <laughs> over, exactly. coffee, over coffee, wine and gin and tonics, depending on what time zone we're talking <laughs> Yeah, we had we had so many phone calls where it's like well, two of us would be drinking coffee and one of us would be having gin and tonics. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I can, that, that was us for about six weeks. But it was great because what, what that did was allow us to start to break down the barriers between the different design studios. And actually, one of the things that I am super inspired about is the fact that we're creating a design narrative that can actually look at the across the whole of Deloitte and trying to see how we can bring those great uh, those Australian designers that you have Fred up in up in, uh, in Stockholm and how I've got I've got um, my European designers who are desperately wanting to come back up and work on projects in Europe and how do we start to break down the barriers and actually create one international global design team wouldn't that be amazing if we can remove all the barriers and just start working on these large scale global projects that's what we kept saying last November and December when we started talking about this, and it is really true. And I think we've come a long way. Like one of the things I see it now is we know how to find each other really well, not just us, but a lot of other folks. So we started this whole European design community 
and we've started a like even a weekly staffing call that'll start in 20 minutes where where we reach out to everyone across NSC in Europe about you want to help on a project, you want to help on a pitch. That didn't exist a year ago. So, you know, we haven't solved for everything, but it's it's really starting to come together where, you know, a designer joining Deloitte now can be part of a bigger community of design. So so we've just announced yesterday that we're allowing all our designers to be able to work for three months uh, in key countries around the world in other studios. So you'll be, I think Does you'll that be mean that you can do an exchange program and, and leave Sweden yes. for the winter months and come down to Sydney? Come to Australia. Come oh. to Australia. We're going to be doing an exchange program. To try does that, does that extend to all levels? I, I, it's going to be. It's going I to mean, be all levels. That's next conversation we're having in Sydney. <laughs> And we're all having love it. Uh, Daniel and Mo are going to want to come too. <laughs> no, seriously, it's one of the things that, that one of the things that we've been looking at is how do we continue to uh, retain these incredible, our incredible design talent, our, our all talent, not just design talent, all talent. And one of the areas we're looking at is allowing people to be able to take advantage of working abroad in one of the other Deloitte offices for up to three months. But still working for your, you know, still working for your 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 home country and on projects that you would naturally be, you know, um, I, you know, you in in Australia if I was working in London. So, so I think that's pretty awesome. So you'd work on your the projects you were going to work on anyway, but you can do it from a different location, so you can get to know you the can. culture and the team in this other location. Hundred percent, and then and then start to integrate into those other into those other teams and see if you can try and, and get onto projects there. But it just gives you an opportunity after COVID of being stuck uh, and trapped in our homes. Everyone is you know wanting to stretch their legs and stretch their imagination and you know and start travelling again. We want to be able to allow them to be able to to do that and do it as you know and do it for a, a genuine good period of time. Got announced yesterday, and we're working through it all at the moment. And uh, love it. But it's it's uh, we're we're determined that this is going to be one of the signature traits. And I think you know for for twenty twenty two for our team is around giving them mobility. Wow, this is amazing news. At least it got me really excited. Can't wait till I hear more about it in our next talk. For now, actually, I would love to uh, move to our last question for today's talk, and that will be what kind of designers do we have and uh, what would you say characterizes them? So uh, there's we have so many different types and um, of designers, and I think that's one of the things I love is being surrounded by visual designers, product designers, industrial designers, um, service designers, you name it, we have spatial designers. And actually, we're continuously pushing at the edge of what the role of design can play. So one of the things we're looking at now is looking at design for inclusion and design for sustainability. They are, the, we're actively looking for designers who've got those expertise and passion for those two subjects. And how do we combine the human centricity and diversity and inclusion or human or our design skills and our sustainability practice so that we can start to answer these really big complicated problems that our clients are coming to so for us designers yes there's a competency but there's also a mindset around being open about being um i and looking for as to question what is there today and trying to, to kind of roll the sleeves up and look for those answers, but doing it together as a team. I, so that's, I what would, that, that I, for me I, is. 
totally agree with what you said, Robbie. And I, I think just to to build on that, I, designers at Deloitte and the, the ones we have here who are really thriving, I think are also the designers that are very curious about not just what they do, but how what they do fits in with what everybody else does. So there you see they're asking a lot of questions. They're trying to understand the the, the rest of the competencies at Deloitte. So designers that want to be more in, in kind of that classic ivory tower of design, I, I'd say probably don't thrive as well at Deloitte. Designers that want to be kind of in that messy mix of all the different skill sets that it takes to, to drive real transformation, those designers do really well here because they're, they're really not afraid of like, how am I going to make an impact? How am I going to connect what I do to what he does or what she does? You know, they really, they're, they're about making connections and, and really showing the value of what they can do in almost every context. So, but it's almost like what, what to, the question was like, what kind of designers work at Deloitte? So in, in short, it would be like every kind of designer works at Deloitte. What's the red thread? They're all curious. So it's, it's almost like they're good at connecting with others, but there's also, I think that there's a bit of, or a lot of curiosity about what can be other skills bring to me? Why is it important? Why does cybersecurity matter? Like. We've had a time to go, why does it, why do I have to understand local VAT rules to be able to design this thing? Well, that's the thing that will make it either fly or not. So it's like, you need to be curious and open-minded and inclusive in not just how you design, but, but in every dimension, you need to bring in people and go, all right, let's huddle around the table and figure out how we solve this collectively. It's not one silver bullet competence that's going to solve it. So curious and, is the, I guess the headline on designers. And resilient. I'd say if I if I'm really honest and we look at it, you know, we're not at the level of maturity across the globe, like where Robbie's team is at, or I'd say our Dutch team or your Swedish team are getting to. It's like we we need a certain amount of resilience in the designers on our teams because they need to if they don't make that impact the first time, they need to go back and be willing to have that conversation with people about how, and show them what they can do. And, and, you know, sometimes it may not be obvious to all of our colleagues you know, exactly what we bring. So we're still, you know, in that, let's say the first half of that journey of being able to really have everybody fully understand the impact. So a little resilience goes a long way as well. Thank you. Thank you, Abby, Frederick, and Ruby. It was really nice having you until the next one. I would like to close off this episode by thanking Daniel Charité for making this podcast a reality and thanking you, our audience, for your great feedback and amazing requests. If you have any questions or simply want to share your own knowledge on this podcast, reach out to me or Daniel Charité. Until the next one.